Yo, yo, another week, another fight podcast. As always, it's your boy Mayron and Dave. Dave has a very nice hat on today. Yeah, the pink brim. Shout out to my guys over at Hat Club. If you know, you know. Yeah. Dave is often, um, in my opinion, he's like the living manifestation of Nike talk forums. Like, sometimes, like, he's got the Mike Tyson Supreme thing in the background. You got, like, a nice hat on. Like, this is very much what I would think, like, an end tier would be back in, like, 2008. I like to, I like to consider myself, like, a, a washed sneakerhead. <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, crazy how sneakers have become like a great investment piece for some people i think there was like a really good story published recently about that actually yeah they actually have nothing to do with another fight podcast yeah. but you can actually invest in sneakers yeah like you can like put money into them yeah i forgot what the thing is but like you can they'll they'll like buy like rare sneakers and you can buy like a a share of it and then you can then if when they sell it you get a portion of the Proceeds. Really interesting stuff. Wild, wild times. Um, speaking of wild times, last night was wild time. We were up late, and it was, whew, what a night! <laughs> that was that was the easily the pay per view event of the year. Yeah, that was a it was a it was rough, as as you know from me. <laughs> We're not gonna get into that. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. It was a little weird. Like, it started off insane. Like, the entire, like, from the oh, early preempts. All the way it through. It was like, what, nine finishes? 5.15 to 1.30. The action was nonstop. <laughs> but then it got kind of weird at the near the end. Like, the, the title fights were, like, the worst part of the card. To a certain extent, I think that's true. To a certain extent, I think that's true. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, and we'll get into all of them. I think I want to start, though, um, with one particular title fight and acknowledging greatness when you see it like i'm a big fan of that amanda nunez is in the conversation for just greatest mma athlete of all time like greatest like mma fighter of all time and she has definitely reached the point where she's up there with the floyds and the clarissa shields and the mike tysons of the world in terms of just combat athlete royalty I like I wanted to start here because I think a lot of people are gonna gloss over what we saw because like you know it's just Amanda being Amanda, but my God, my God, dude. Yeah, if you really take a step back and look at her resume, it's insane. I don't think there's any other combat sports athlete, and this might be hyperbole, but that has beat the other greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Like inside board. Five, four of them. She's beat four of them. The yeah. two, three, four, and five. <laughs> All of them. You could maybe even say six if you count Jermaine Durand. Yeah, I mean, that's going a little far, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Ex- in, in yeah, me, but in it's me. like, so who you going to call second? Ronda or Valentina? Yeah, Either Valentina. Way, she beat Valentina twice. She beat Valentina Shizinko. So, she beat Chris Cyborg. She beat Ronda Rousey. She beat Holly, Holly Holm. Holm. She's beaten everyone in across multiple weight classes, across multiple years, with in multiple ways, and every single one has been... There's been no question. There's been no like, she really deserved to win that. There's been none of that bullshit. Maybe the Valentina fights. Maybe. I don't know. In my opinion, she won those. But like, I, I, I guess, I guess. But she, it's not like a, there wasn't a thing where it's like, you're like, oh yeah, she definitely deserved a loss. She skated by there, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And Pretty like, 
either way. Yeah, and she never even had like a, you know, Floyd had like the the, the Shane Mosley moments where you're like, oh, he's gonna get beat, and then and then it, it didn't happen. I don't remember that happening for Nunez, like clearly at least. No, not since she lost to Gina. Yeah, it's so weird to think that she lost, right? Snappy was saying this. It's weird to like remember that she has lost ever. You know, with she how hasn't. Down- I would say that the majority of the MMA fan base now has never seen her lose. That is true. That is true. Gina Carano, the now canceled Gina Carano. Uh, yeah. But, um, but so, yeah. I've almost never seen anyone as helpless as Megan Anderson looked when she was in that triangle armbar from the back. I was like, oh, she could break your arm or choke you. That sucks. <laughs> It was just such, like, I don't know. It's like watching Serena Williams, right? It's like watching Michael Jordan in the 90s. It's like, it's watching these people. It's like watching Tiger Woods, where you're just watching these greats who are just absolutely dominating. And I don't know if we're appreciating how, like this, like in the way that we should be, because it's, it's not close. And there's no one left. They might get rid of the division because she literally bit everybody. <laughs> There's no rankings in that division. <laughs> who 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 would be next to fight her? You know, like they have like in, at one forty five. I don't even. But even even at one thirty five, I don't know. <laughs> they might get rid of the division. That's how like dominant of a force she's been. She just beats everybody, and she beats all the other champs. Maybe she should see if anyone wants to fight at one fifty five. I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's Where did she go? I also feel like because of the way that the world is structured, the world anime is structured, she doesn't really have a lot of options. Like if she was a boxer, she could definitely just go to the, the boxing equivalent of the PFL mm-hmm. because she wouldn't have to be tied down. But because she's, she's in, in MMA, yeah, like Dana's not going to let her go. Yeah, Dana's not going to go let her go across the street to fight Cyborg again in Bellator. Like, even though Cyborg apparently pulled up, like, the Cyborg truck to, like, outside of the arena or something. (laughs) So she pulled up a truck with, like, all, like, Chris Cyborg, like, all, like, plaster on the side of a truck last night to, like, the side of the arena. Yeah, but she Amanda. She basically was just like, hey, you keep lining them up. I'm going to keep taking these checks. <laughs> she's showing up. She's literally showing up to get paid. She's like, all right, I'm going to show up. I'm going to get paid. It's going to be great. I'm going to go home. She could have gone to like groceries after that. You know what I'm saying? I'm curious to see if she trained. <laughs> like, the no, like the no sparring to the whole next level? Like, I'm she's sure like, she's not that far off from what? 45, naturally. That's true. So it's not like she has to like spend. I, w- I would assume she doesn't have to spend a lot of time cutting. Cutting, yeah. So maybe she just so, came in, sharpened up. Yeah. That's in, what I'm saying. Maybe get sharp, cut cut five pounds or ten pounds or whatever. Doesn't the PFL has 55 fights, right? Like, can't yeah. the UFC go find go go sign the best 155er in the PFL and give it to Amanda? I guess that'd be Kayla, right? Yeah. Who would get beat? Because she's big. She's actually big. She's big. But I think she'd get beat because I think Amanda's striking is sharper, and like I think Kayla's can 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 get her to the ground. But then once they're on the ground, I'm assuming Nunez's judo is better, even though Kayla's judo will be better. But that's the only fight left to make, right? Yeah, she's beat everybody else. 
go offer Kayla Harrison the bag to fight Amanda Nunes at 155 and see if you can like do something or just keep giving Amanda Nunes free money. <laughs> yeah. What should you do? Man, so yeah, I, I wanted to start the episode there just acknowledging the greatness that we saw because I think after like the controversy in the fight before, which we'll get to, her just beating, starching the girl, like just destroying her in that first round or whatever, is just, it was kind of like overlooked. Cause it's like, oh, Amanda Nunez won. Yeah, and you know, that's a big deal. Um, let's, let's, let's bring it back though. Like you were saying, early prelims and the prelims were both amazing. Like I had a lot of fun all the way down. Did you have a favorite fight? Um, I kind of like that, uh, Kenzie and Chukwu, Chukwu, uh, slobber knocker. That was, that was fun. <laughs> there was no, was, no, de- no defense at all. Not at all. <laughs> that was some CTE shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. I like Cruz's fine. fight as well. Yeah, Cruz looked really good. He did look slower. He did, he did. But he looked, he didn't look bad. He just looked mortal. And to be fair, outside of uh, the Cody fight and the Henry fight, he hasn't looked mortal in a very long time. That's true. And, you know, he was limping afterwards when he went up to the presser. But, like, other than, like, you know, so obviously Kenny was having some success. But during the fight, even though he looked mortal, like you said, he still looked good. Like, he still looked like Dominic Cruz. And he still looked in control. So that was kind of fun to watch. Like you said, the new fight was... That was a lot of fun. Um, And then there was like a lot of good other ones too. I feel like there was just finish after finish after finish. Yeah, that Tim Elliott fight was interesting too. Yeah, I'm gonna stay away from the controversy on like what was said, but the fight itself, he did really well. Cause I don't really know what was happening there. Yeah, we don't get that. This This is impossible. Exactly. Um, but the actual the fight... Car, oh, sorry. No, I said the actual fight, he dominated Jordan Espinosa. Like, it wasn't even close. Yeah. Shout out to Kai Car France. He had a great fight, too. Come, a comeback fight, for sure. Yo, I... Kai Car, that, that fight was... In, that was fight so fascinating, right? Because, like, Homeboy was winning the entire time you know, was just there, had his back, did everything right, and just slipped up for like an instant. And in that instant, the fight is over. It's a game of seconds. Game of seconds. That Sean Brady, Jake Matthews fight was really good. Sean Brady looks really good um, in general, like tattoos aside, it was, it was he looks like he's gonna be a, a contender. Um, oh, you know, that Trevin Jones, Mario Batista fight, I thought was actually pretty interesting. Because it was the way it ended. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I did not see. Oh, that fight. you didn't see that fight, but it was good. For it was... reasons we will not get into. Yeah, well, glad you're here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was like the early prelims, and then of course there are the prelims, and we already talked about Cruz and Casey Kenny. Uh, Asker Askarov, man, that dude is a beast. He's gonna yeah. be a problem. Yeah, I think. I don't know what the UFC is going to do with Joseph Benavidez because I think he's kind of the last of a dying breed when it comes to the flyweights. Like, he's an actual flyweight. 
Yes. Like some of these flyweights are big and they're just killing themselves to make the weight. Some of these flyweights should be like 145ers. <laughs> yeah. So you got guys like Askarov who's huge and then Joseph Benavides who is not huge. So it's like, yeah, he's one of the greatest flyweights of all time, but it's like, these guys are not too much for him now. It's too much, yeah. And the other thing is like, like you're saying, not only is he too big, he also his style is just outdated, man. He comes in and he clubs and he swings wide and he has that like kind of like low hand stance where he's just like, like the old pugilist style of boxing kind of stance is weird. Moves a little awkwardly, herky jerky. It's just not where the game is at in terms of the flyweight division, you know? He's got a great wife. He's got a great life. He's had a great career. Like, you could he could also go fight in Bellator and be successful. I wouldn't recommend him going to one because their flyweight division is more dangerous than the UFC sometimes. But yeah, and then even if he does well, he's gonna run into Mighty Mouse again. And we already know how that's gonna go. Yeah, but there's also like yeah, and there's a bunch of other killers over there. But like, I don't know. I don't know. He could become. I, I've heard it suggested that he basically is gonna become gatekeeper. Which would suck for him, and if that, but if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. I think he's not necessarily in danger to himself yet, but he's going to get there if he keeps fighting these guys like Askar Askarov. You know what I'm saying? I think Askarov, though, you know, he could he could be challenging for the title pretty soon. I know, you know, Figgy and Moreno got to do their thing, but he might be on his way up. Yeah, he got getting control of that weight though. Yeah, he was a pound over, right? He was a pound over the non-title limit. Gotcha. So, so he's two pounds over, yeah. essentially. So yeah, we'll see if he can control that. But yeah, um, Yan, uh, Yadong and Phillips was an interesting fight. I think Phillips showed that he's really good. Uh, I don't, I don't know what that means. I guess he's going to be ranked now because Song was he was he was ranked number 14 so I guess he gets to take his number yeah and we'll see what happens there it's a rough division to be in that is a rough division to be in <laughs> uh, alright and then to the main card let's start with the beginning so Tiago Santos and Alexander Rechik gave the easily the most boring fight on the card <laughs> yeah for sure it, it, I think Joe Either Joe or DC said after the fight, it was like a fight where both guys just couldn't find a range. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. It was weird, right? Because it's like, I think Santos, like, you know, Rogan kept saying this over and over again, I guess because he's had his own ACL tear, that Santos is just not as explosive as he once was. And he definitely doesn't look like the same guy that fought John Jones, right? Because the dude that fought John Jones, I think would have killed Rakich, you know? Yeah, he, it seems like his mentality's changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, he used to be like a, an assassin. And he like, used to go forward, right? Like, yeah. go forward and push kick, push kick. And now it's kind of like he hangs back, he waits. I don't know what's really going on. Yeah, and that's kind of uh, Rackett's style, too. So, you know. He waits. I think people, I think it was a good matchup on paper. It was. But, you know, happens. Uh, next up. <laughs> this guy was the talk of my group chat. Which, which guy? Islam Makachev. Ah, Smash Boy 2.0. <laughs> I was just like, yo, who is this guy? 
And I was like, yeah, so, you know, them guys down in San Jose had this crazy idea. They were like, what if we gave Habib striking? <laughs> and just a little more aggressive jiu-jitsu? <laughs> yeah. Smash Boys 2.0 are here. Um, he seems to have got this stamina together a little bit. Yeah, like, yes, yes. He, he does seem like he's better. He does definitely doesn't have the gas tank of a Khabib. I don't want to spend the entire time comparing Khabib, but he's he's gotten better in terms of his gas tank, and he's he like you said, he's much better striking than Khabib, and he's a little more aggressive on the ground with in terms of going for subs and things like that than Khabib was. So we really could be seeing Smash Boy 2.0, you know? Yeah, shout out to that arm triangle. That shit was nasty. Yeah, that was nasty. And then, like, the transition wasn't great, but then he transitioned and tried to shoot his leg over. It was it was fun to watch, right? It was fun to watch, and it was, it was like, those trips, man. Those trips are textbook. Like, when he got him against the cage, and he just, like, whoop, took, his, took his foot inside and went right down. Yeah, he's going to be a problem in that division, for sure. He called out Tony, which is interesting. I would like to see that fight. I feel like that's a good fight for him, and that's a good fight for Tony, right? Tony doesn't need someone in the top five right now because he's just gotten mauled by two people in the top five. Islam needs a ranked opponent. Why not? Side note, what a crazy corner he got. He has Javier Mendez and Habib. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually kind of wild. I was scared of that corner before I was scared of him. <laughs> that is, it is terrifying, right? I think what what made this so interesting is like, you know, Drew Dober is not a pushover, right? I, we've seen Drew Dober a couple times during this pandemic, and every time he's looked really good, uh, like yeah, physically, and he hits hard, and he knows what he's doing. So this was actually like not to take anything away from Islam, obviously, like not this. I don't know if this. Mm, excuse me. The Drew Dober that showed showed up to fight is 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 a real deal fighter. Islam did not beat a can. I guess is the point that I'm getting at. Right. And yeah, I, I think, think he had the second best record outside of Kevin Holland in the pandemic. He was like four and zero. Yeah, and so he's been he's been doing his thing, right? So like, it sucks for him, but like you know, at the end of the day, like you run into you run into Islam Makhachev, you're gonna have a long night, and it was. It was, you know, it was a long night. Like, you know, it was actually a great, it was a great example, I think, of what a 10-8 round looks like without very much damage, right? Because, so there were a couple of times in this fight where the round would start and then literally 15 seconds into the round, 30 seconds in the round, within a minute, Islam would take this guy down and that would be it. That would be the entire round and he wouldn't get up again. That's a 10-8 round from a grappling perspective without necessarily having to ground and pound or beat the shit out of him, which is gonna be relevant later, which is why I bring this up now. Because that's, to me, what a 10-8 round looks like when you take someone down and you keep them down, you know? So like, I think Islam had a couple of 10-8 rounds in there of just taking him down, controlling him, and, and doing his thing. All right, let's get to the, the controversy. I got a lot to say on this, so why don't you give your thoughts first? Okay, so I'm not going to go through. We're going to go through the whole fight at one point, but yes. let's just get straight to it. 
fourth round, Aljamain Sterling is being held down by Peter Yan. And the ref is like, he's down. Like, no crowd, everybody in the whole stadium. He said, he's a down fighter. That's what he said. Yeah. Also, side note, that ref, Mark Smith, on Rogan's podcast, one of the greatest podcasts ever. He used to train at Team Lloyd Urban. He's like really good at jujitsu, and he was a like an Air Force, like Blue Angels pilot. Really cool dude from DC. Like shouts DC. Anyways, continue. So, there's some backstory we're gonna reveal later. But basically, 15 seconds after he says that he's down, Peter Yan just lands his crazy fucking knee. And basically has Aljamain starting out on his feet. Like, he's awake, but... He's not there. He has, his wits are not there. Yeah. And they take, like, four minutes trying to figure out whether he can continue to fight. He's trying to continue to fight. Every time he gets up, he stumbles back. They bring the doctor in. Um, you can hear Aljo saying, like, I don't want to win like this. He keeps trying to get up. Doctor's like, he obviously can't continue. The ref calls it a DQ, as he should. And we now have a new bantamweight champion in Aljamain Sterling. Now that we got that out the way, what are your feelings? And then I'll get I have multiple feelings. One, I need to address this. People, especially people who allegedly train in mixed martial arts, have to grow the fuck up. He wasn't acting. It wasn't. That wasn't fake. We all saw that knee. We've seen it in live. We saw it in slow motion. That was a powerful knee. And he even said after, he was like, he said I was down, so I didn't even defend myself for a knee because that's not what's supposed to happen. He's not acting, yo. Like, I've been concussed. I've had conversations with people while I've been concussed. Should I have done that before? Probably not. But you can talk to people when you have a concussion. It happens him in the talking, NFL all the time. It happens in the NFL literally <laughs> almost after every play. Him talking after he got concussed is not a sign that he was acting. Let's be let's be real here. I know there's a bunch of meatheads in MMA, but like we have to be honest with ourselves here. Second, there is some controversy around a statement that Habib made where he says that Jan asked his corner if he could throw the kick and his corner said that he could and that's why he threw the knee. If that is true, Jan needs to get rid of that corner. Because that's terrible. And there's also some we heard that maybe Mara and Aljamain's corner was the one who said it. I haven't heard too much about that yet. But I don't know. It's, it's all weird. And I guess my last point is I understand that a disqualification means that you lose. But I also feel like it shouldn't be a win for Aljamain Sterling. Even he feels the same way. Like, you don't see him parading around with the belt. He actually left the belt in the octagon. Like, he hasn't... He's been on social media since then. He hasn't called himself new or nothing like that. So, you know, he's he's carrying it as if, like, that didn't happen. We're going to run it back. And I respect that. But, yeah, it was crazy. I think he made also, a bunch. 
Go ahead. Last point. That fight was closer than people thought. People think, oh, Jan was beating the shit out of him. The stats show that it wasn't. It wasn't that close. Like it like It wasn't a blowout. It wasn't a I'm blowout. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Aljamain was winning like that one judge had him. Oh, okay, okay. I'm about to say, like, I don't I don't think there's any scenario in which Aljo wins that fight, but it wasn't like he was it wasn't he wasn't getting ten aided. Yeah, no. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 Here's my thing. There's so many things. Um, there's a number of stupid things that happen. First thing is if you're a fan and you want to be mad at someone, be mad at Peter Yan. Peter Yan. Because, okay, I would give him some grace if this was his first fight in the UFC. Rules are confusing. He doesn't know what to do. He's the 145-pound champion. <laughs> he knows MMA. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He knows how this works. Now, there's some argument to be made, like, oh, the rule set change and yada, 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 whatever, right? Like, you err on the side of caution, right? You don't want to get disqualified for something stupid. So if you want to be mad at someone, be mad at Peter Yan, because Peter Yan is a grown-ass man who is a very good fighter and isn't stupid. Actually, has a pretty high fight IQ and was demonstrating that the majority of this fight. In fact, I would argue that's how he was winning. Um, it's because he's a pretty smart fighter. So if you want to be mad at someone, be mad at him because he did this to himself and he is responsible for it. You know what I'm saying? This isn't some outside influence. I get the whole corner bullshit. Yeah, that sucks. Like, and maybe you just respond to like whatever your corner says, but you are a man of your own actions and you are in the arena and you are going to be judged. Cool. Let's get that out of the way. First person's fault is Peter Yan. Secondly, ref, Mark Smith, great ref. But when you do this, you bring in the doctor, the doctor's job should just be to evaluate like whether or not the dude is down or whether or not the dude can continue. You don't gotta say nothing. You don't gotta say, you don't gotta talk to him. You just gotta say, hey doc, come in, take a look. You took an illegal knee. Tell me whether he's down or not. Now I was listening to John the John McCarthy's podcast with Josh Thompson. He, he, he said this as well. And that's when I knew I wasn't crazy. I was like, he shouldn't have, part of the controversy about whether Aljo is acting. And I, I agree with you, he's not acting. Stems from the fact that the ref said, like, oh, I told I told Jan not to do that. And people are like, oh, Sterling heard that. And when he heard that, he decided that he was going to be not okay, which is ridiculous, as you've already pointed out. But it's weird to even say that. Like, the ref didn't need to say that. All he had to tell the doc to do was come in and tell us whether or not that, you know, Sterling could continue. That was really weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, you didn't need to, like, clarify while the doc's in there talking to Aljo that you're doing that. Then, this whole corner bullshit thing. The corner's job is to know the rules, right? And if they did say yes, like you said, he needs to get fired. He just needs to get fired. Like, there's no other, there's nothing else to it. Then, there's like the ambiguity of the rule or whatever, right? Technically, if you have a knee down, you're down fighter. That's it. Like, there's no, there's no if ands about it. What some people are saying, like, yeah, I was listening to John McCarthy and a Josh Thompson podcast, and people on, on like, on Twitter were saying this, is that people were confused because they thought because Sterling's hand came off the mat that he was no, let Jan thought he was no longer a down fighter. This is again on Jan because. Maybe that is what confused him because maybe again, when Mark Smith said, hey, he's a down fighter, he had his hand down. And then as his hand came up, Jan's like, oh, he's no longer a down fighter. Let me knee him. It's your job to know the rule. If his knee is on the ground, either knee, 
then he's a down fighter. I'm not going for that either because there was a moment in the fight where Aljo had him against the cage and he went into, Yan was fighting off the takedown and Aljo went into like a tripod position mm-hmm. and and Yan threw a knee and it was a perfectly legal knee. Guess what I'm saying? So like if, if, if that is why it's Yan's job to know that Aljo's knee is on the ground, that's a down fighter. Like when he's in this tripod, he's not on his knees. But you can't throw a knee to the head when he's on his when he's on his knee. You can't do that. And that's what Yan did, right? Like I can I can throw a knee to the body. So again, on on Peter Yan. Now this whole result, I think, is stupid. I think you DQ Yan and you go to the cards. And whatever the cards say is like whoever wins. If Yan is technically up on the cards, he doesn't get the win. And the, the title is now vacant. You don't give Aljo the title. And you don't... Like, it like it doesn't make any sense to me that that's what happened. Like, in boxing, when you get a DQ, don't you go to the cards at the time? No, no, you lose. Like, straight up, you lose? You straight up lose. No, and I, I agree with that. I agree that if you do something dirty and illegal and results in your opponent not being able to continue, you should lose as a disqualification. I agree with that. What I don't agree with, and I think they should do this in both boxing and MMA, if you get DQ'd in a title fight, the title should just be vacant. It should be like if you miss weight. Right, but what I'm saying is you go to the cards because if what if Aljo's up on the cards at that point and someone and his opponent does something illegal, then Aljo deserves to win. Do you see what I'm saying? He would win anyway. Oh, so Aljo still gets the win even though he wouldn't get the title. He, so you're saying he could still get a W, but just no, not the title I'm in this case? That I guess in my situation, if Jan is the champ and Aljo happened to be up and he did something illegal, mm-hmm. I think, oh, that's that's where you're, okay, I got it. Do you see what I'm saying? That's why you go to the cards, because if Aljo is up on the cards, Jan does something illegal, then Aljo should win because Jan has automatically lost the fight. You know what I'm saying? But if you go to the cards and Jan is up, but Jan is the champ and he did something illegal, Jan loses his belt. You can give a win to Aljo, who cares? But Aljo shouldn't get the belt in this case. You know what I'm saying? Like, take Aljo and Jan out of it. Just fighter A, fighter B. You see what I'm saying? Okay, so what you let me just run it back to you. Yeah. In the case of the champion getting a DQing action, mm-hmm. if the opponent is up, the opponent mm-hmm. wins via disqualification and gets to keep the belt. Exactly. If because he was winning. If the champion the fight. is up, mm-hmm. the champion the, the opponent still gets a DQ win, but the belt becomes vacant. Vacant, yes. Okay, I can, I can get down with that. Because it's like, okay, on the one hand, he didn't win the belt, right? He didn't beat the champ. The champ beat himself, right? And that's, you know, that's a, still a loss. It should still reflect as a loss on his career and on his record. But the other dude doesn't deserve the title, but he deserves the win. Because, you know, someone has to win, someone has to lose. So that's my whole, like, issue with this is, like, the UFC is in the unique position where they're the ones giving out the belt so they can make this happen, right? It's a very, fairly easy thing to do. And I think Aljo would have been, honestly, much happier with that because he would have been like, okay, cool, the title's vacant now. I can actually go earn it and win it without having to deal with all this bullshit. Yeah, I I wonder if... Cause I know how I know the type of person that Aljamain Sterling is. I wonder if Dana would let him vacate the belt 
and then have them both fight for it. I do wonder, but I, f- I feel like he shouldn't even have to do that. I feel like my solution is better. Your you solution know? is better, but that's not what we have right now. Exactly. That's true. That's I, don't, true. I think... Cause I, I look, I, I, I followed Aljamain Sterling for a very long time on social media and like I watch his podcasts all this stuff. I kind of got a feeling for the kind of guy that he is. Like I don't see him parading around with this belt. And I listen, it's business as well, right? Like he wants, he deserves and he wants money, right? Having the title is better for him money-wise. Even if he doesn't necessarily like want to win that way, I do get him also not saying like i want to vacate this because he gets pay-per-view points next time if if he has the belt technically right so keep it so in my opinion like don't give it up take the money i think we've gotten so wrapped up in the controversy that we actually haven't talked about the fight we should and we will uh so let's let's talk about the fight what an interesting fight i think i think jan was winning and i think it's not just a matter of Aljo not pacing himself. What was, I was really just dis- not dis- well, disappointed. Like I'm not like his father or something, but what sucked for me to see was that Aljo was making a bunch of technical mistakes that didn't make sense. Like he was making the wrong decision consistently and I couldn't understand why. And it, it was like, what are you doing? Like you nervous. don't have to make these decisions, huh? I think he was nervous. I think he was nervous. Could be nervous, yeah. Cause it's like, you know, he really wanted to be the champion. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, certain guys, they have that sort of anxiety about that. So it's like, you know, like, I want to start fast. I want to get him out of here. I want to be spectacular. I want to, I want the world to know who I am kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of his, that's his personality. That's his of. thing. Yeah. So I think that he was just really antsy and he was just like, once he got that first takedown but then he couldn't get another one and i think after he missed like the third one i think he started panicking internally gotcha because he was like my game plan is not working so now i'm like trying anything that's why he kept doing the stupid dead bug thing dead bug is like when he's on the ground in like guard being like yeah come down let's fight and peter jan's just looking at him like why would i do that yeah. <laughs> and he kept doing that and i was like stop doing that it's not helping you <laughs> I also want to give a lot more respect to the fight IQ of Peter Jan. He's a very, very smart fighter. He is. Except when he's stupid. But he is. He's extremely smart, except for the one stupidest thing that he did. But continue. He is. It's the way that he was able to figure out how to use all, basically all of Aljamain's momentum and nervous energy against him. Like, Every time he was coming in with these crazy movements, he would do he would do these beautiful trips. And down was, six was... times. Sorry. Took him down six times. Yeah, and not even like on purpose. Like yeah. he, I mean, he he was doing it on purpose, purpose, but he wasn't trying to take him down. down he was just yeah. like, oh, boom, got you. Yep. <laughs> Took him down six times. If you had told me Peter Jan is taking down Aljamain Sterling six times, I would have laughed at you before this fight. I'd been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> There's no way that happens. So I'm an outlier here. I don't think that fight goes the same way the second time. And maybe I'm doing too, giving him too, giving Aljamain too much credit. But I think 
he got that out his system. And I think the second time he's going to be much more relaxed and composed. Especially since he actually has now he has more motivation to win. Yeah. Because now he's like he has the whole world being like he's not he's a fake champion. Paper champ, da da da, da like whatever. Yeah. Which he probably thinks the same of himself too, but now he's like I feel like that's going to be his motivation to be like, all right, we're going to actually buckle down and get into this and come up with a strong game plan to beat Peter Young. I think there's there's a couple things there, right? I, I don't I don't want to say Aljo can't win because he can win. He has all the tools to beat Peter Young. If his technical decision-making, maybe you're right, maybe it's just nerves, isn't on point for the next fight he will not right I agree. like i think he has all the right tools like he has the takedowns he has the strength he has like the necessary skills but one thing that jan really did display like you said with the fight iq and the discipline to kind of stay to the plan and to not overreact to things because there's a lot of times where aljo threw kind of weird spinning shots or bigger shots are things that I think a lot of other fighters would have had a larger reaction to, and then Aljo would have been able to capitalize off of, right? A mistake off of mistake kind of thing. Peter Jan was very good about being like, you know what, let me just, let me not, you know? And so it's up to Aljo to make the improvements to his, whatever improvements he needs to make, whether it's anxiety, whether it's technical decision-making, whatever those improvements are to beat him next time. Because I think you're right, there's a path to victory. There's by no means saying that this is decided that this will how, the, how this fight will go every time. But before this fight, I definitely thought, I thought, and I think you did too, that Aljo's chances of winning were very, very high, you know, like 80%-ish. Now I'm more like, okay, this is 65. This could, this 50-50, this could go either way, you know, just looking at that performance. And I think another big thing that I didn't see a lot of people talking about. Matt Serra wasn't in his corner. Matt Serra was not in his corner. I think because he was came out to Vegas early or something. Because yeah. like Longo was there, wasn't he? Yeah, but Matt Serra is his coach. That I mean, they're both his coach, coach but Matt Serra is his coach. His coach yeah. Because he he was like you've been watching the Anatomy of the Fighter thing, right? Yeah. Will Harris's thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been he's been with him at Extreme Couture the entire time. And Sarah hasn't necessarily been around for that stuff. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's just a matter of like, Sarah couldn't travel to Long Island, COVID, yada, yada, yada. You know, Sarah's old. Yeah, he is old. Yeah. So better safe than sorry. Well, sure. Yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe it's also a coaching thing. I think, I think it's going to be a really good fight next time too, right? This fight wasn't bad. It was entertaining. It was, it was cool to watch. It was like, wow, this there's a lot going on. Yeah, because look, Aljo was putting the paces on him. I think I definitely think he burned himself out doing it. I think the first round in the beginning. Have, yeah, in the first round, I think Aljo was really, really putting the pace on him. I think by the third, it was like he was trying his best. You know. Yeah. I'm curious to see. Like I said, if 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 you're right and it's just nerves, that changes the entire thing because he's not going to have nerves like that twice. Right. So. It's, it's gonna be interesting. I just, I think this is a shame. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is just a sh- like a shameful way to end this fight. And I fully blame Jan. Like, this is yeah. Jan's fault. Like, this is- There's absolutely nothing. Even even if Sterling was acting, it's The only not... person that has the right to say that is Anthony Smith. 
Like, he's the only other guy that's been in this exact situation. Illegal knee on the ground from Jones, had the chance to be like, I can't go on, give me the title, and chose not to. He's the only man that I ever want to hear anything about this from. Other than that, like, no one else has, has the right to have an opinion about whether or not he's acting. Because he's probably not acting, number one. And even if he is, it's a great business decision. Don't give people. I don't even want to put this energy into the world, but you don't give people a way out. Like there was no, there was no need for him to th- throw that shot ever. Not at all. Even yeah. if, even if he didn't say he's down, there was uh, no need for him uh, to throw that 100%. shot. Hundred percent. Yeah. For what? You're winning the fight. You're in control of the fight. Just ride it out. <laughs> right. It was stupid. It was stupid on his part. And if it really was a corner thing, fire the corner. But really, he's got to be mad at himself. And in fairness to him, immediately after the fight, he did say, I fucked up. I made the wrong decision. I hope Aljo's okay. So at the very least, maybe we're going to get like a better rematch. Yeah, I, hope they, I hope they make that a headliner because that was a good fucking fight. It was the best of the three title fights to me. Really? I really like the next one we're going to talk about. The Jan versus Izzy. Like, I thought this was very interesting from a technical perspective. It was very interesting from a technical perspective. It wasn't as entertaining. Okay, fair but enough, fair enough. Enter- Entertainment value-wise, yeah, yeah. But this Jan versus Izzy was, I think, like, really cool to watch from, like, a perspective of, like, I have never seen anyone figure out how to stay on the level where Izzy was at. You know what I'm saying? Like in Kelvin Gastelum, we saw Izzy get into a war, right? So we've seen Izzy get into a war, but pretty much everyone that Izzy Izzy has fought, Izzy has found a way to outclass them by so much that they can't even come close. This is the first time I've ever seen anyone be like, okay, I can hang around in this distance with you and not get dominated. Because contrary to what the commentary team was saying, Jan was not getting dominated on the feet. I think he was, for the most part, getting the worst of the exchanges. But it wasn't a situation with like Costa or even Whitaker where he looked like he shouldn't even be in there with them, you know? So I think I think this fight was from a technical perspective very, very interesting. Um what did what were your thoughts? Um I think the big thing that I noticed was that. Izzy doesn't really look that good at that weight. No, like, he doesn't. Good. But he, it just seemed like he wasn't as fast. That's what Jan said afterwards, too. Jan was like, I thought he was going to be faster, but he hit harder than I thought. Yeah. And I think the speed aspect is a very key part of his game. Izzy's game. And maybe... If this had been a pure kickboxing match, he probably would have won. Oh, no question. Yeah. No question. But, you know, I had a 3-2 Young. I did too. I think you, I think you had a 3-2 Young as well. I did, I did. Um, I think the judging was absolutely awful. God awful. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that there was, I think the round four and round five were obviously yawn rounds there were no 10-8 rounds that's why i brought up the point with islam and dober right. that's what a 10-8 round looks like in in terms of grappling control that's not what happened in rounds four and five i mean yawn won those rounds but that's not what happened 
Right, but I also think that those were the only two rounds where I thought this is just undeniably that y'all won those two rounds. Mm-hmm. The other three, I think, were close. I think I gave the first the first one I thought Izzy won for, like straight up, which I don't think any of the judges gave him the first round, which is weird. Um, and then I gave him. I gave Izzy the third. The second one was the only one I was kind of up in the air about. I ended up giving it to Jan. But I think that the there weren't any clear, like, oh my God, Jan won these rounds. The four rounds, four and five. So the second one, the second round I give Jan because like he, because of the body kicks he got and he got Izzy, not wobbled, but he got Izzy thinking a couple times in that round. And it was a very even striking exchange. So you could convince me either way. I agree with you very much. First round is Izzy. Third round, yeah, I think I would give that to Izzy too. Second, I would give to Jan. And obviously, four and five, you got to give it to Jan because, like, he did what he had to do and he neutralized the threat and controlled it for more than half the round each time. Right. And, you know, I'm not mad at that because I'm, I'm, I'm mad at the fact that they gave one, I don't know which one, one of those rounds, multiple judges gave them 10 8. And to me, I, I thought that. Jan had ground control for half the round. Half the in both round. those rounds. Yes. But I thought he was losing the striking exchanges for the first half of both of those rounds. Exactly. So to me, if you want to weigh the fact that Jan was able to neutralize Izzy for half a round as to giving him the 10-9, I'm cool with that. But to give it a 10-8 when there was a clear, like, outstriking half of the round and then a complete dominant takedown ground control part of the round. I think that's unfair to Izzy to even call it a 10-8. But that's just me. I, I agree with you. And I think most people would agree with you. I think that the scores were wrong. The, the result was right. You know? The scores were incredibly wrong. The result was right. And to your to your point earlier, I think I texted you about this. Like, this is not the weight class for Izzy. 205 yeah. is not where he should be. I think he'll get there eventually. Yeah, but not now, right? Like, maybe he needs to gain the weight slowly or something. Yeah. Or I think he might have even had a better a better time if he didn't come in at 200, 201. So you think if he came in at 185 like he usually does? Or whatever his natural... I don't think he naturally walks around at 200. I think he's around 190-something. 190-something? I don't I know. I think he came like... in around his walk-around weight. Because that's how it always kind of happens. I'm trying to think of who else. Max. I saw Max, Max. Oh, I'm Max. About, like, it wasn't even MMA. I think, um, like, even when Roy went up to mm. heavyweight, heavyweight, like, he, he beat John Ruiz, obviously, and he was still faster than John Ruiz, but he wasn't as fast as Roy he Jones. He wasn't Roy was. Jones Jr. fast, you know, like, he wasn't, yeah. like, oh, look at my, look, look at how fast I am. You can't touch me. Put my hands behind yeah. my back. Yeah, I also think that people. Who thought that Izzy was picking this fight because it was a gimme or ridiculous? I think part of that though is because so many people like you and my like you and you and me and, and had Izzy winning easily. I think oh not, you and I knew that it wasn't gonna be easy, but so many of the so much of the media was like, oh Izzy's just gonna win. Izzy's just gonna win. And the, the hype train was so high that they failed to recognize that you're going up 15, 20 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a huge weight jump. And against a champion, not just some nobody, you know? Right. I think for for me, I had Izzy winning easily only because 
we hadn't really seen Jan grapple in a while. In a yeah. while. In Not a that while. he couldn't yeah. do it. But it's been a we while. We hadn't yeah. seen him do it in a while. Mm-hmm. And he had fought guys. Well, we're not Corey Anderson, but like he had fought like Dom Reyes. He could he could have grappled Dominic Reyes if he wanted to, and yeah. he did on the fence in that fight. But you know, we hadn't seen him like shoot a double leg and ground control a guy for half a round, maybe ever. But we definitely haven't seen him do any of that in a very long time. We saw him sub very early in his career, but that's it. Yeah. Like yeah, we didn't see this and. You know what? I'm also going to give Jan some credit in the striking. He hung in there, you know? Yeah. Like, he was doing the right things. He caught Izzy a couple times. He made Izzy respect his strikes. He he got that body kick off a couple times. Like, it was competitive. It was a, it was an interesting fight. Like, like you said, maybe not the most entertaining thing in the world, but very technically, like, I was like, wow, this is very interesting to watch because I've never seen... We've never seen anyone even hang with Izzy like that, right? Because if you think about Izzy's fights, in MMA at least, like, Whitaker didn't hang with him in the striking like that. Costa didn't hang with him in striking like that. Romero didn't. Only person to really hang with him like that was Gaslam. And that's because Gaslam made it an ugly war. And this was not an ugly war. That was not this kind of fight. I think Anderson hung in there with them. But did Anderson hang with him or did Izzy carry Anderson? Both. That's different. That's different. <laughs> you can't be. You can't vote that. I love Anderson Silva, but like, come on now. <laughs> no, I mean, I think. Do I think that if Izzy had put his foot on the gas a little more, he could have had a spectacular knockout of Anderson Silva? Probably. That's but it was fun to watch. It was fun it's to watch. Similar fight. Very except similar. Fight. Except for Jan was actually like putting in the effort to make it like that. Yes, exactly. I- and yeah no okay okay fair enough anderson anderson is the last time we've seen that but like we we and that's a credit to you on then because anderson silva is one of the most technically like efficient strikers there are <laughs> you know yeah i'm, I'm happy for Jan because i think now people give him respect mm-hmm. that you know we gave him respect but a lot of people didn't give him respect even though he probably should have had it because he <laughs> He's he fucking champion. put Corey Anderson in the dirt, <laughs> Yo. and then dominated Dominic Reyes, who people, everybody in the world thinks he beat John Jones. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, so Izzy goes back so down I, to middleweight and just beats everybody up, right? Yeah, I think uh, I don't know who the next contender is. I know Costa and Whitaker are fighting. People keep talking about Vittori. That would be interesting because I think that was probably like his hardest fight outside of Gaslam. That's what people say, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, he gave Izzy a kind of a rough time, but I just, I am inclined to believe that Izzy is so much better now that, but then Vittori is also better now, so who knows, right? Yeah. <sighs> it was a good card. It was a good card. I think it was weird because of that whole Aljo Yan thing. And other than that, I think it was a really good card and it was fun. Yeah, it was the first UFC pay-per-view that I paid for, and I wasn't mad at it. I was not mad at it. I probably won't do it again, but I wasn't mad at it. <laughs> I mean, you don't usually get three title fights on a card, so... Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you mess with them streams. It's just, like, annoying. Like, It'd be rough for some me, people. Shit happening, and I'm like, oh, I'm, like, 45 seconds behind. <laughs> Yeah, because then don't you have to stay off Twitter when that happens too? Otherwise, you find out things. Yeah, but it's whatever. Um, 
Did you have any boxing to add? I didn't watch anything last night, but I know there was some, was right? I don't think there was any boxing last night. Oh, okay. um, we can talk about. Oh, Clerks and Shields on Friday. Oh, yes. In Amanda Nunez fashion, she, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, she beat the shit out of that. Beat the shit girl. out of this girl. That, that was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Clerks and Shields and Amanda Nunez are in the same position. At... In, in their respect respective sports. combat sports, like yeah. there's no one for Clarissa Shields to fight. They talk about her to drop her down to 147. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that one. She could probably yeah. do it, but I don't, I don't think she should. She doesn't have to. She does not have to. And you know, I did, I did actually catch that fight on Friday because I was like, oh, this is cool. I try to watch greatness as often as much as I can, and it was greatness. Yeah. What, what else are you gonna say? I, like, I, I wish I could give a more technical breakdown of it but it was just so dominant <laughs> i don't even understand the logic behind her moving down to 147 to fight either cecilia breakers or jessica mccaskill whoever wins every match because it's like she's a two-weight undisputed champion why is she accommodating someone else and if, if anything someone else should come up right to try and fight yeah, her yeah they need to come up and then if it was I'm not trying to make it like a sexism thing, but if it was a if it was a male boxer, he would never drop down. No, yeah, if it was a if it was a dude, that would never happen, and it was weird to expect that to happen. But I also think it's a matter of like who else is there left for her, yeah. right? Because she's I, beaten everybody. <laughs> I will say it is more the, the norm in women's boxing for them to jump up multiple weight classes. Mm-hmm. Like you have your Serranos. Amanda Serrano, who's like an eight-weight world champion, she was down. She was down to one fifteen, as high as one forty. So like that does happen, but I think we're in a little bit of different territory here with Clarissa Shields. I mean, she's the. She is again comparing her to Serena Williams or Michael Jordan or Tyson in the nineties. Like, there's just so there's there's no one in her stratosphere, you know, that's nearly as good as her. Yeah, but, I know people aren't going to do it because, again, sexism. But she might be one of the greatest boxers of all time. Maybe. That's what I was going to put yeah. forth, right? Just same way Nunez is one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time, I think Clarissa Shields should be considered one of the greatest boxers of all time because it's no one else is doing what she's done for her sustained period of time, right? Like, yeah, what is she like? She is 11 and 0. Has won like twelve titles or something like that, something crazy. Yeah. Cleared out two two divisions and is a two-time gold medalist. Like, nobody has that kind of resume while also being undefeated. It's just, yeah, I don't know, man. And doesn't she have gold medals? Yeah, two of them. Just 20, 2012 and twenty sixteen, right? Yeah. And she has, okay, she has World Championships, too. And she has Pan American Championships. Yeah, she, she's one of the most decorated U.S. amateurs of all time. Yeah, so she's won at every single level that she's ever fought at. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, she had a great pro career, but, like, what about her body of work? It's like, no, everything is just There works. actually is one person that she needs to fight. And then I would retire if I was her. Savannah Marshall, just because Savannah Marshall is her only loss. Loss, ever. yeah. Yeah. But that was in I the amateurs. Shit, yeah, I think she beats the shit out of Savannah Marshall now. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Like I don't know. I don't know who else is left for her to fight. Like, does she want to get to a nice round number? Does she want to get to twenty and zero? You know, just I. I don't know. I don't know because the money is not there in women's boxing, so it's not like it's not like the Amanda Nunes situation where she can get five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Gotcha. How much money is she making then? I feel like she's making at least five hundred, right? No. I doubt it. That's wild, cause that was her old. That was her PPV, right? It was like women's only. She was the main event, like. Yeah, I guess I could be wrong. Just, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, don't think she's making that much. I think she's in the six figures for sure. Yeah, no, for sure, then definitely. But like, but like, if she is, that's relatively new. For for women's boxing, okay. Well, no, for her, I think that's relatively new for her to be at the six figures. Figures, gotcha. She's not even with a major promoter. Who knows? Maybe she'll be with Dana. I don't Dana even know soon. why the PBC don't pick her up. I know there's not a lot of women's boxes mm-hmm. around, but like I feel like she would be perfect for PBC to just have it in their stable. So I mean, yeah. whatever. She's going to PFL. So maybe she'll win a million dollars there. Um, so I think that's it for us this week, right? We don't really have much else to talk about. Um, I just want to do. It. We got how much? You know how much time we got left? Uh, well, we've been on. We've been on at least an hour. Okay. We do want to shout out next week, Leon Edwards, Bilal Muhammad. That'll be fun. Yeah, that's a good little card too. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. I, I got Leon, you got Leon. Yeah, um, I, Bilal Muhammad is kind of like a less talented Vicente Luque, so. I mean, shout out to him for stepping up because no one was stepping up, and you know, but it's it's yeah. Oh, and, and uh, Angela Hill's fighting on that card as well. Yeah, this was the fight that was supposed to be last week. But COVID, right? Yeah, I think her opponent had it. Yeah, know. her opponent had it, Yoder. And then, yeah, there's Ben Rothwell's on this, Danny Gay's on this. So there's some names. There's some names. It'll be a good free card. Oh, and Zubaira's back uh, in the featherweights. Yeah, and then after that is the... A really good fight between Brunson and uh, Kevin Holland. Yeah, any any good boxing we should pay attention to next week? Um, I think there is. Let me check the schedule. I feel like. Oh yeah. Um, there's two. We have um the the rematch. <laughs> Funny enough, the rematch between Cecilia Breakers and Justin McCaskill is on next week. But there's a big fight, the rematch between Juan Francisco Estrada and Chocolatito. Mmm, that'll yeah, be that's good. That's gonna be fun. If you like punches, watch that fight. You're gonna see a lot of them. What's that on? Just so people know. Probably the zone. The zone, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun fight. And then right. David Benavidez is also back next week. So we'll definitely recap those next week. But uh, for now. Thanks for listening. As always, um, it's been another fight podcast. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe, and tell us where we're wrong. Uh, you got anything else to say to people? Yeah, feel free to tell us where we're wrong, but we're not wrong about the Aljamain Sterling Peter Young fight. So no, we're we're right. We're, we're we're right. Like, if you want to be mad at someone, be mad at Peter Young. <laughs> it's his fault. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Peace.